I think I'm having an art attack. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Art Attack with your host, Lizzie Dastin and Bua, B-U-A, Justin Bua. Just call me Bua. And today is our 95th episode. I can't believe we've done 95. Can you, Lizzie? I am so Unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> it's crazy. Anyway, um, listen, guys, we are going to talk about something that everybody loves and we all love art that is caricatured, caricature, and, you know, it's everything. It's cartoon. But what we're going to talk about is the art of caricature and artists who have lived in that world. And I brought this up to Lizzie because Lizzie usually comes up with the topics because she's smarter than me and... Um, <laughs> I'm wiser than her, so she said, let's do minimalism and, like, n- you know, nothingness. No, you didn't say that. You said, let's do minimalism. <laughs> do you have a topic? And I said, caricature, because there's so many artists historically that have been so influential with caricature. And I didn't really know that much about minimalism, and Lizzie didn't know that much about caricature. So this has kind of been a good learning thing curve for both of us. Yeah, I was really excited about this just to learn from you because I know that this is a genre that you really admire and a lot of the artists who would be considered caricaturists or people that you've referenced on earlier episodes of the show. So I think it'll be nice to honor these people in a more more focused way. And so for me, in preparing for this, I was thinking, okay, so what's the history of caricature. Mm-hmm. What is the definition of a caricature and in what ways is it different from a cartoon? Just to kind of understand the parameters of this in order to delve really deeply with that awareness. And it seems like caricatures have been going on since the 15th century. 15th and 16th, which is super interesting. And I always have thought about a caricature as a means of satirizing. So there's something kind of negative something kind of biting, and a little bit acerbic about a caricature. But that is actually not historically accurate. Caricature comes from the Italian word to exaggerate, Mm -hmm. and there is nothing within that early definition that suggests that a caricature has to be somewhat negative in nature. Sure. And this made me think about you, because your forms in the paintings that you that you create are often exaggerated. You have parts of the bodies that are attenuated. And I'm just wondering how you would react if somebody asked if you have any kind of relationship to caricature. I mean, I think that my work is definitely exaggerated. So it falls within that, you know, in that world. I think that I I play in and out of two spaces. One is the realistic space and one is the world of distortion and exaggeration. And that comes primarily from my exaggerated, distorted lens that I grew up having being a product of, you know, a native New Yorker during the birth of hip hop. So that was a specific viewpoint. And I think everything was very distorted and caricatured and hyperbolic. And I think that that's really what caricature is. And cartoon, you know, look, we go back to the word cartoon, you know, and that means drawing, right? It's a, Michelangelo used to do cartoons all the time. He'd do a preliminary drawing, he would graph it, and then he would, he would uh, graph it again on a giant surface and then redo it. It was a, 
cartoon, right? Same uh, cartoon. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like different I'm, country. Yeah. Different <laughs> going French to Italian, guys. So I think that why caricature is, is so important. And I think caricature, you said it, you nailed it. It means exaggeration. I don't know if it started in the 15th century. I mean, I could look at like you know, drawings from Lascaux, France, and those were distorted and caricatured. I think what it, what, why it's important and what it really is in its core, the essence is to exaggerate something for more realistic purposes, for more spiritual purposes, or to capture the essence of something more deeply. So in other words, if I'm sitting here with you, and it's right, it doesn't have to be acerbic, it doesn't have to be negative, it doesn't have to be like macabre, it could be something that's super positive. If you're doing a portrait of your baby and you do these giant beautiful eyes and you focus on the eyes, you know, perhaps an artist like big eyes or whatever, you're going to exaggerate the qualities that are aesthetically pleasing or interesting or unique about someone, something. And I think that's what a good caricature artist does. Sure, has there been artists uh, who have caricatured to negative effect? Absolutely. That's, you know, you could look at a million editorial artists historically um you know it's not it, it is it is a it is a genre of artist and art that transcends every space because caricature artists can also be cartoonists who are doing panel art they could be do they could be comic book artists they could be realistic painters right for example let's give some examples now because I don't want to go... I have a lot to respond to what you're saying, though. Can I just yeah, yeah, do that Yeah, you respond really first, yes. Okay, so I think it is such an integral point that you just made that the point of exaggeration is to emphasize a truth. Yeah. And when you collapsed in your work that you exaggerate and you distort, I actually think that you only exaggerate. Because to me, an exaggeration is a way of exploring some kind of inner truth or emphasizing an inner truth and to me, distortion is kind of negating a truth. And so... What do you mean by that? I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I just think that exaggerating something is emphasizing okay. and distorting is shifting away from something. I and see. so one is kind of moving toward the truth and the other is pivoting away. But pivoting away towards perhaps something different and maybe even more truthful. And I, I think we're getting caught up in semantics here. A little but bit, but I do think it's important within caricature because mm -hmm. you've we've already kind of said caricature and cartoon within the same realm, but there are some central differences. And caricatures are typically of people mm -hmm. who are alive or who mm -hmm. were alive. So real people and cartoons are typically of fictional characters. Also something that you were alluding to was really important Cartoons are, typic are typically storyboarding. Yeah. And so... Or you're more, telling a narrative. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, it could be a cartoon, could be two guys, you know, a Gary Larson cartoon, you know, or where two guys are coming up to a, a counter and an elephant is the cashier. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a, a little... It's a, star, a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so are caricatures, but caricatures are stories that are condensed within a single image. And cartoons sure. often have a, a seriatim effect. And so multiple images communicate the narrative. There is an artist, and we're going to get into a lot of artists right now, but there is an artic, artist named Heinrich Klei, K-L-E-Y. I think he's probably one of the greatest draftsmen ever of all time. Out of his head, he would draw figures, dancing elephants, wild horses. 
he was the reason that Walt Disney did what he did. You look at art works like Fantasia. I, I say works and not films because they're they're more masterpieces and and paintings than they are actual films. But Walt Disney and his artists looked at Cly as their reference point for really well drawn artist art. Now you look at somebody like Heinrich Cly and you're def he's definitely a cartoon artist doing really funny crazy things you know like he's got two elephants milking this lady you know his bosoms that he's but <laughs> but he draws so well that it's hard to say they're caricatures so they're cartoons but they're also these crazy wild realistic drawings somebody like that skirts does he do caricature he he sure can but i've noticed that caricature artists like cly who I don't think was a caricature artist, but what he was that a lot of caricature artists were, were very, very, very good draftsmen. So let's go back into time. An artist like Gustave Doré, what was he? Oh, I don't know. Well, he was an illustrator, obviously, first and foremost. He illustrated Dante's Inferno, Don Quixote, and all these amazing stories, biblical and otherwise. Crazy, crazy, crazy draftsman, wonderful sculptor, important artist. Then you look at Anwar Daumier, who... As we know, Degas said he was one of the three most important draftsmen of all time. Daumier, his teacher Jean-Dominique Ang, and Michelangelo. Degas calling you one of the greatest draftsmen of all time. You're at another level. Now, was Daumier uh, a caricaturist? Absolutely. He was a painter. He was a storyteller. But he caricatured a lot of the people in the court system, lawyers, judges, nobility, Kings, he went to jail for that. He caricatured them, and he went to jail for that because he had a lot of things to say about the political climate of France during that time. He used the pen as mightier than the sword. And Joseph Conrad, another wonderful, great uh, editorial illustrator, caricaturist, does tons of characters during Reagan, Bush, Carter, wonderful, but is also a cartoonist. So he's known as a cartoonist. Th this is such a deep thing. Because you can get into artists like a, um, a Daumier, who's definitely a caricature artist, but he's a, he is caricaturing his subject matter and his, his people in his paintings as well. Third class carriage. You, you, you said this, and so I think it's really important because it's so subtle. Third class carriage, right? You said caricature has to be of people that are real people, sometimes famous people, mostly. But we don't know who these people are in Third Class Carriage. And they're certainly not realistic paintings. This is not a Waterhouse or a John Singer Sargent or a Degas. This is a Daumier. They're suggested caricatures of people in society who are third class, right? So he's taken an uh, actual class of people and caricatured them for the benefit of understanding what, you know, what that world was like. Oh, absolutely. But they don't have to be specific people that we can identify in order to read the work as an expression of a particular class. And so it's something that a viewer can recognize. And that, I think, is the difference. It doesn't have to be the king. It doesn't have to be Louis Philippe, although with Daumier it was. Mm -hmm. But it has to be something that we can see and immediately have some kind of personal experience with, as absolutely. opposed to a Mickey Mouse. 
which is a created constructed image. And so one would be a cartoon, the other a caricature. Mm -hmm. And I think that when caricature was first explored, it was really important that these people or these tropes were exaggerated, abstracted, altered in some way, because the only mode of art in a traditional way that was accepted was through hyper-realism and clarity and focus and precision. I mean, after the Renaissance, that the linear perspective was what all artists were trying to achieve. And so the caricature space, in my opinion, is almost like proto-proto-proto modern art. And so using that as the antecedent, then maybe Picasso could be I, called yeah, a caricature. I was going to say that because Picasso, Les Demoiselles d'Avignon, and all those other paintings, they're so distorted. We talk about exaggerating physical features on the human form. Well, Picasso, that's what he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that was his like neoclassical to cubistic kind of Picasso-esque. I don't even know what to call it anymore because it's, it's so far from anything at this point and it becomes its own thing but it was like picasso-esque and this like when people do picassos as a joke they always do these giant like eyes and this tiny on one nose. side of the face right on one side of the face the other by the mouth yeah and the mouth's like <laughs> you know and then you're like oh that's a picasso <laughs> but is it just a caricature exactly and so i'm fascinated as i often really try to identify the movement and the progression of words and movements over time is that if a caricature originated as the the pre hundreds of years pre modern art then when at what point did it become a diminished medium where for me when you said caricature my immediate thought was oh I did that with my best friend at Knott's Berry Farm when we didn't want to wait in line for uh, one of the big roller coasters. And so now it is just such a diminished... I like how that was a default thing. <laughs> it like, was. I only, did some, I only got a caricature <laughs> because it was a default of like having to wait in line. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. But I remember that caricature experience because the way that I was rendered was mean. It was yeah. so mean. I had braces at the time, and these braces were like... <laughs> these alien bodies on my teeth trying to leap out like the alien from Sigourney Weaver's body. It was so rude. And my nose was this huge arrow. I mean, I was very upset by this. I was like 13, so anything is upsetting. Yeah. But that was my experience of a caricature. And so mm -hmm. how did it devolve from something that is phenomenally innovative and this interpretive medium to something that we can pay for at the promenade? Well, I think... There's so, like like anything, right? There's so many different qualities of caricature. So you look at an artist who's who's contemporary right now. Name is Peter Hausen. Uh, he's a he's kind of a wonderful uh, artist. And Peter Hausen does paintings that are all caricature esque. Uh, but he's a painter. Like he's an actual traditional painter. You know, you look at the absurd world of Charles Bragg. Charles Bragg, a New York artist who actually went to my high school, probably like. 60, 70 years before me, whatever, maybe maybe less. He's really, really funny. And he's very famous for doing um, woodblocks, caricatures, uh, not woodblocks, but etchings primarily, lithography, paintings, drawings. People have to look up Charles Bragg. Uh, you look at Ralph Steadman. Ralph Steadman's a great example. Ralph Steadman's a wonderful trained uh, draftsman who does a lot of caricature stuff, and we all know Ralph Steadman through Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and all the Hunter S. Thompson books that he illustrated. He did a lot of illustrations. 
including illustrating Treasure Island and a bunch of other books. But Ralph Steadman, he's another artist who does his own specific type of pen and ink illustration. We also have to point out, I think, the very best in terms of what the definition is of caricature, which is taking a character, specifically somebody famous, and exaggerating them. I think the best, and who I believe spawned his own movement with caricature, ladies and gentlemen, there are so many different people who are frauds, is Sebastian Kruger. Sebastian Kruger is probably the greatest caricature artist of our time. Uh, that's K-R-U with the two dots. Umlaut. Umlaut, because he's German. He's about a six-foot-six giant German guy who I actually met once. He has books on the Rolling Stones. He's got books called Faces. He's caricatured everybody from Mike Tyson to Picasso. But he look at his Warhol. I mean, like, he is just so... Uh, like he is just yeah. There's a virtuosity in that kind of work, and caricatures don't just have to be pencil or pen. A caricature could be a Paint. full-on painting. Yeah, yeah. No. I and think of Hieronymus Bosch as a caricaturist. Absolutely, Hieronymus Bosch was a caricaturist, but he's also a narrative storyteller. So it's hard to you look at the Garden of Earthly Delights. You're just kind of like, well, yeah, they're all caricatures. I mean, this guy's got a like a crazy mucked-up wild face coming out of an egg and. Wings masturbating and, with the strawberry. That's my favorite little moment yeah, in that like, painting. It's so good. I mean, it's just <laughs> such a weird like, but he caricatures. But what what Sebastian Kruger does is he takes the most quintessential part of somebody's spirit and exaggerates it to the twenty six millionth power. If it's if it's Keith Richards, who is I think his favorite subject is Keith Richards and Rolling Stones, but like Mick Jagger. I mean, he's got that. The way that Mick kind of moves his lips up, he's just so good at taking the essence of a person, whether it's a celebrity or or just whoever, and capturing it. That's very, 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 very hard. So there's a whole new movement that started after Kruger where people are kind of what what's called mashing up stuff on in digital painting, whether it's in Procreate or Photoshop or whatever. They're doing a lot of... Sebastian Kruger-like work. Now, Kruger's a real painter who paints traditionally, but I think he is the gold standard of caricature when you talk about Knott's Berry Farm. In fact, if you go to the promenade and you go to these places, you will see a lot of the... Sometimes you'll see a Sebastian Kruger that they're pretending is theirs. Hmm. So you'll see other caricature artists that the artist is pretending is theirs so that they could kind of you know, bring clients in. They're like, oh, that's pretty good. I'm going to sit down and have them draw me, you know? And uh, it just, it, it's it's such a deep and profound stylization of history that I think that caricature has found, yeah, it's its own movement, right? It, it's its own thing. But caricature, like you said, it's been around since the 15th century. You could see caricature in Picasso. You could see caricature in mannerism. You could see caricature in in pop art you could see caricature everywhere everywhere that you have a genre you definitely cannot see caricature in minimalism no <laughs> you know what i mean or abstract expressionism but there are a lot of movements where you do see a lot of caricature and there are a lot of important artists like daumier who did caricature naturally you know and i think ralph going back to stedman i think he's a very important artist today uh, because he was so imaginative with his characters and his caricatures. So, and 
there's right there, I said it, characters, caricatures. We have to make a distinction too because characters that one creates is not necessarily a caricature. No, that's a cartoon. That's a cartoon, but it's more than a cartoon. See, I feel like cartoon feels like someone telling you you're an illustrator when they really think fine artists are better. But haven't we tried to kind of break down that we try to dis- We try to break it down and disentangle it, but for the listener who hasn't been listening continually to our show, I think it's really important to, to know that just because you're called an illustrator, that's not a bad thing. Let's look at historically. Michelangelo was an illustrator because Pope Julius II gave him money to paint. That's what an illustrator does. He gets paid for what they do. Same with Rembrandt, same with a lot of artists. I was going to say Caravaggio, and I think I'm wrong about that. I don't know if he got a lot of commissions. Caravaggio did. Okay, yeah. There there you go. That's my point. Always right. Caravaggio. So, (laughs) Caravaggio. So, I think that, uh, I think that we as artists are influenced by caricature regardless. Lucian Freud, what a good example of somebody who's a painter slash caricaturist, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Lucian Freud just goes whoosh, right? But we would never label him that way. Ever. And the question that I, I posed rhetorically, I'm sort of trying to articulate my own answer to it, which is when did caricature shift from being innovative to being the pedestrian form of entertainment? And I think that happened when modernism started to be an aesthetic that people were self-consciously exploring because all of a sudden the concept of a caricature was subsumed. It was no longer what its original intention was, which was to exaggerate, to expose some kind of inner truth. Now modernism and this language of abstraction is what people were playing with and so what w- there wasn't room for caricature. Yeah, I mean, I think that caricature is, look, let's be honest, the people at Knott's Berry Farm and the Promenade are trying to make a quick buck, and everybody wants to see themselves interpreted. Oh, my God, I want to see how I look when, you know, I, I sit down here with my girlfriend, and it's going to be fun. It's like fun. It's like a ride. You know, you're, you're paying for entertainment, like you said. You say it's pedestrian entertainment, and I'm sure that most of the time you're getting very, you know, mediocre artists. Sometimes you're getting good artists who are doing it, who are just trying to survive because that's what they're really good at, taking people's care, you know, forms and distorting them, and that's their skill set. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with any of it. But we associate caricature with just that. That's the problem. Caricature is not that. That is nothing more than a version of caricature to monetize it in a quick way so that everybody can have a chuckle. Exactly, but there's still room for that. But I just suspect that if we were to call Hieronymus Bosch or Daumier a caricaturist, it would have been seen as a compliment. And I just have a feeling that if somebody called you a caricaturist, it would not read as a compliment to you. I would say, how dare you call me that? <laughs> exactly. Are you, are you crazy? And so no, I just yeah, think it's course. really interesting. Yeah, because once again, it has become a genre within a genre that's kind of. I don't want to say pedestrian, but it's a little kind of grotesque. You know what I mean? I don't want to say pedestrian. I want to say something way worse. Grotesque. <laughs> sticky? No, I want to say, no, it, yeah, it's sticky. It's like, it's like there's a formula that you get in your kid's book to make the ears big and the nose large and the eyes beady, and you give the person a carrot and you, you know two <laughs> buck teeth and you got like, you got a caricature. You know, so there's a formula to it on the bad side. On the good side... You've taken the spirit and the essence of somebody's soul 
and you've projected that to where, wow, I've never thought of that person in that way. And you've really captured the just complete DNA of this human being in a deeper way because the only thing that really allows you to do that, in my opinion, is caricature. Mm -hmm. So caricature, you're taking that thing that the average person can't see because an artist sees in a different way. Just as much as a reader and a writer are going to be learned at orating because you study that, Artists study seeing, and so an artist will be able to see something that the average person can't see. Thereby, that's why we call us artists, because we see things that other people can't see. When you see in that way, I'm able to take somebody, I'm talking from my personal ex experience, I'm able to take somebody and find that one thing in them, and sometimes it's innate. I don't even know, like, oh, they have a big nose, I'm going to put a big nose on them. That's easy. That's easy. But what else is there? What is that other thing? Is it one eye is smaller than the other? But it's so weird that you're like, wow, that's amazing. And you kind of go, whoosh, and you distort it or caricature it or exaggerate it. One side of the mouth is a little bit lower. There's an indent on the side of the forehead, right where the brow ridge now is. Now you're scrutinizing that's, me as you're no, saying No, I'm, I'm not things. looking at you. Do I have you. one I was, eye that's smaller than the other? I think we I all know. do. I wasn't looking at you, but I think we all do. And I think there's those little things. And that's nothing. That is just like, I'm just giving you, I'm skirting the surface. Maybe there's something about the way that somebody holds their gaze or their mouth that is deeply traumatic in their own life or they don't even, they're not conscious of, and then you do it. And then someone can see themselves in your drawing and see that that's more them than they are themselves, and that freaks them, that freaks them out. It's scary. That's why John Singer Sargent said, Every time I paint a portrait, I lose a friend because, <laughs> right? Because you're really kind of bringing out, like people didn't want to see, even Sargent, the greatest draftsman uh, of Europe during that time, the, who was American uh, in, in post-impressionism or impressionism. I mean, the guy was a hell of a draftsman. I mean, a monster of a draftsman, probably the greatest of all time, if not one of them. And he says, every time I paint a portrait, I lose a friend. Why is that? It's not because it's not real. It's because people don't want to see themselves yeah, when he's... it's too real. It's too real. They've, he's captured something that no one wants to see. It's frightening. No one wants to look in the mirror and see their soul. That's for horror films only. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, and I think that what you're describing is absolutely caricature at its best. Yes. And I don't mean to excoriate these caricature artists at the promenade or Knott's Berry Farm, but to me... That's caricature at its worst because they're just looking at the surface of things. Absolutely. And if you have a slightly larger forehead, then the entire composition is this huge empty space of a forehead. Sure. And that's not about the essence or the individuality of a person in an interior way. It's just kind of lazy. You have a big head. Here it is. Yeah. That being said, there could be tons of people who are doing that kind of stuff who are very talented who are listening to our show now going, that's not true. But, you know, you could also be cheesy and gimmicky and shticky as well. Uh, you know, what I when I experience a caricature drawing of somebody, whether it all be it a celebrity or a friend or whatever, sometimes... You know, I've, I've gotten great reactions. Whoa, that's crazy. But I've also gotten like, how dare you? You see me like that? That looks nothing like me. And where someone else will come in and be like, damn, man, he captured you. And they're like, what? No, no, he didn't. No, that doesn't look anything like me. You know, it, it, it is, there, there is a seeking of truth in line. Um, nobody does it better than Al Hirschfeld. Let's be honest. Al Hirschfeld is the one of the greatest caricature artists of all time. Al Hirschfeld was a, 
Uh, if you want to see a great documentary, watch The Lion King, not The Lion King, The Lion King. It's the story of Al Hirschfeld's life. He primarily did people in the theater. He's drawn every single person in Hollywood from you know Liza Minnelli to Woody Allen to whoever, everybody, everybody. And he used to sit in the theater on Broadway and he would sketch. And in his sketches, he would write his daughter's name, Nina. And he would write Al Hirschfeld and he would sign it like 13. That means that there were 13 secret hidden Easter eggs in his painting, in his drawing, which was Nina. He would write 13 Ninas or Hirschfeld 2, and there was two Ninas or whatever. I mean, the guys work for everything, you know, New Yorker, you know, New York Magazine, you name it. Hirschfeld was omnipresent when he was alive. He's a wonderful artist, illustrator, caricaturist. And why is that he was able to capture the spirit of somebody with five lines, with 20 lines, with 30 lines, with four lines? He did it. It was like, whoa, how is he with these whimsical lines? He was super whimsical. He was able to capture the essence of some, oh my God, that is totally Tony Bennett. That is 100% Frank Sinatra. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. That's Sidney Poitier, and he did like seven lines. What the hell? That's a great caricature artist. Sebastian Kruger does it with realism and distortion. David Levine, another wonderful caricature artist, was around. Uh, New York Times Magazine. Just every, every David Levine was a was a monster caricature artist as well. A lot of cross hatching, a lot of pen and ink, and it's interesting because most caricature artists who are successful and famous in that space, because there was a, a deep need for it, were um, were draftsmen. There's a, another guy that uh, I he came to my school. He was a really really goddamn good painter named Philip Berkey. B U R K. E, and he used to have the inside, the Rolling Stone magazine. You would flip open the inside cover and there'd be a caricature there every time. You know, whether it be Mick Jagger, Michael Jackson, or, or whoever. Uh, it was always a Philip Berkey for many, many, many years. And I got introduced to his work through that and he came to my school, gave a lecture. That guy is a really good painter. And he's very distorted. He's kind of got his own shtick, his own thing. Does giant heads. Uh, you know, I think he's... Very, very good. There's so many good, it's weird, right? Because there's so many good caricature artists out there amongst millions of crappy ones. But there are very, very, very good ones. And then there's artists who use caricature, like myself, in their work. Joe Soren uses caricatures in his work. Peter Hausen uses caricatures in his work. It's a modality of exaggerating something that you need the viewer to experience too that the viewer would never be able to experience with a realistic painting. It's deep, it's profound, and it really, you know, we could have five billion episodes. And what I think I've realized, Lizzie, through this whole thing is that uh, caricature kind of exists in most art forms, you know what I mean? And I think all artists who are really good at, at drawing and, and painting have a, have a handle on what they need to distort for their own reasons to to communicate something deeper. Yeah, I agree with that. And that was the most surprising thing for me of this conversation and also my preparatory work in order to have it is that I've always thought of caricature as a noun and now I've come to see it as an adjective. Interesting. Okay, everybody, leave us a comment, whether it's on your iPhone or wherever. We love to hear from you. Five stars only.
Thanks. Love you. Bye. Peace. Thank you.